0: Hello, thanks for listening to the Moravian Church Without Walls podcast, and this is normally I would say you're listening to the Daily Text series, but you're not at the moment, We did drop an extra episode today. We're launching this on Christmas, and we have our normal reflection there as well. And if you're listening to it on Christmas Day, Merry Christmas to you. If you're listening to this afterwards, we still wish you all the peace, hope, joy, and love of the Advent and holiday season. But what you're listening to today is a special episode of the Moravian Church Without Walls podcast. It's an interview. interview that my co-host Dan and I did with the Create Me podcast team. If you haven't heard about this podcast, it's really a pretty cool thing. It's new, and it's brought to you by Reverends Rebecca Craver and Brian Dixon, two pastors who care deeply and passionately about worship and worship in a Moravian context and kind of deconstructing that. The tagline is that it gets at the heart, at the art of worship, and I'll let you tell. I'll let them tell you more about their current podcast and their work and the episode that's upcoming. But we thank you for listening to this and it's our first special extended interview session. It was great to be able to sit down with some folks who are usually the ones asking the questions. And believe it or not, Dan and I were uh, the subjects of the interview of the Create and Me podcast launched on December 15th. So if you want to go to their website and listen to that, we have a link on MoravianCWW.org and also in the podcast description. So with that, let me turn it over to, well, I guess, me. Hello. Thanks for listening to the Moravian Church Without Walls podcast. I'm Justin. Uh, Dan's here with me as well. Say hi, Dan. Hey. Thanks, Dan. And so we have actually some other guests with us as well today. We have a very special episode of the Moravian uh, Church Without Walls podcast, and it's exciting for us because it's an opportunity to talk about another Moravian podcast. Who knew there is more than one of these out here, uh, and we do now, and you will learn more about it throughout this episode. So with that, I'd like to welcome uh, the reverends Brian Dixon and Rebecca Craver. Hi, guys.
1: Hi. Hello, hello. Hello.
0: And they are the co-creators of the Create in Me podcast, I guess, creating you, creating us, creating me in general. Um, we'll figure out more about that title in just a second. But this special episode is really just to welcome them to hear more about that podcast and just kind of their, the efforts that they're engaging with as well. So I guess we have just a couple of questions we'd love to go with. But first, we'd like to hear just more about each of you and kind of like what your ministry entails.
2: Okay. Why don't you go ahead, Brian?
1: Um, I am the pastor at the Lake Auburn Ravian Church in Victoria, Minnesota, and um, have been in pastoral ministry for 13 years, um, and so a lot of, you know, what you would expect from that, you know, pastoral care, visitation, um, prayer, and teaching, but I think with the advent of some of the new media technologies, uh, I've, I've really, and I don't think I'm, I'm cutting-edge or, or forerunner with any of this, but just being 46 years old a little bit of a digital immigrant so to speak um blogging uh, playing around with twitter instagram uh just finding ways to be in kind of that digital arena that digital space um as a as a christian you know that that's been really of interest to me uh especially in light of so much of the content that you come across there that that is is just i don't know abrasive corrosive uh not always life giving and so wondering how you know, how does one have any kind of a digital witness? You know, what does it mean to be in that space as a follower of Jesus? Um, so kind of fast forwarding a little bit, having the opportunity to work with Rebecca and, uh, and Nola Kanaus and, and and several others on a an exploratory committee. I don't know if that's a word, exploratory, exploration. We were explorers. We were exploring the idea of a new hymn book or some new worship resource. And what really came out of a survey we conducted of the church wasn't so much that everybody wanted a new resource, so to speak. They wanted to better utilize the resources we have. And I don't know, Rebecca, just out of that we kind of had this idea of 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 a podcast. I, I think that's something maybe that you know you had on your heart. And it just connected with this idea of how do we better foster a more creative and life-giving worship life within the congregation, because we—I think we heard that that was a there was a longing for that. So that's kind of how I got here.
2: Yeah, um, I'm Rebecca, and I'm the pastor of the Edmonton Moravian Church in Alberta, um, Canada. And I think one of the things that that really kind of pulls me into this podcast is that over my ministry um, in the last ten years. Um, I like to do creative things in worship and to try different ways of experiencing um, experiencing worship to kind of help open myself up and the congregations I serve up to sort of different perspectives that allow us to worship God in, in ways that maybe we aren't prepared for, but that are kind of profound or helpful to us. Um, because it's just so easy to get into like the, a pattern or ritual of how we worship and to not introduce new elements. And so over my ministry, I've had the opportunity to work with other worship leaders who are doing different things. Um, in Indiana, when I served there, I worked with four different pastors and we did, um, did really like different kinds of worship experiences. We had a 9-11 service. We had a Kurt Vonnegut um, a service every year um, in Indianapolis. And just different ways to say kind of like what are other kind of holy days that we can integrate into our worship life in different ways that don't sort of have the rules around them or the expectations that that help people to, to experience something different. And so when I was on that exploratory committee with Brian and we were sort of talking about the ways that we try to, to lead worship differently or try new things or even our own longing to know how to use certain resources that we we've never used, you know, our our Moravian book of worship has Psalms and canticles in it. And Brian and I are both creative worship leaders. Like we try different things and we're kind of a little more comfortable in that, but neither one of us has ever used those. Um, But there's tons of them in our book of worship. And so kind of thinking about how do we help people kind of engage with what we already have and also encourage people to create more. you know, because the sing a new song book has come out. And so clearly people are writing music or engaged in um, developing new liturgy and excited about that. So how do we kind of um, encourage that? And so that's really what the podcast that we're hoping to do is to kind of bring a literal conversation to people and invite them into it as well.
3: I think that's fantastic. And it's kind of all in the name, right? Create in me, you know, you heard people express an interest in uh not necessarily wanting new worship resources but perhaps finding different ways to use the ones that they already have and new worship resources would be good with that as well but it's kind of all in the name right there which is pretty cool now i know i I mean we've all known each other for a little bit in different contexts you know we're all kind of connected in 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 different ways and so i maybe that'll come up later on too especially when we get to talking about your uh, uh your recent interview with david melby gibbons and things like that and uh, uh but anyway i wanted to kind of go back to the uh the fact that you were hearing people talking about uh, their desire to uh to to worship and to create new forms of worship. And I know you two have created a lot of different resources, whether they be songs or poems or articles or podcasts or whatever. Um, What have you learned in creating new things that you can share with other people that are looking to create themselves?
2: That's a great question. I think, I think the first thing that I have learned is that you just have to sort of do it. Um, trust your instinct about something. Uh, and that doesn't mean that every idea I have like that I develop fully, um, but to really give yourself time and space to think about creating. Um, cause that's what I've learned, you know, cause I've had ideas that I was like, Oh, that's a great idea, but I don't have time to kind of make sure that I've thought it all the way through. Um, and so I think really making time to be creative has been an important aspect of what is, what does it mean to be a creative worship leader, and I think just a creative person in general, Um, and I believe that everybody is creative, so I don't have these, I don't have rules or boundaries that, like, some people are creative people and some people aren't. I think we're all creative um, or have the capacity to be. Some of us have to work harder, I think, to develop that capacity, Um, but I think that, that has been the biggest learning is that you just have to kind of go with your gut and give yourself time to really think about it and try it out. Um, and I learn a lot by trying something new. Some things work really well. Some things don't. Um, But in the safety of a community that sort of understands and loves you and you love them, you can do all sorts of things and you learn from them. Everybody does. So that's what I would say is kind of like the most important thing I've learned so far.
1: Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with, with all of that. That's, it's kind of the fact that everybody is creative, that if you take seriously the premise that we are made in the image of a creator God, then there is some kind of innate creative ability that everybody has. And so, and it's not, you know, it's, it's disheartening to me when we kind of say, Oh, you know, I can't sing. I can't draw. I can't, you know, just, and and we kind of look to, and we admire people who we deem to be the creative class. And, And to me, that's really Contrary to this idea of everybody without exception is is a creative being by virtue of being made in the image of of a creative god, so I think that's like the first place to start is kind of owning that uh, almost as a like a birthright like yeah we, I, I'm creative you know don't don't relegate that off on on somebody else who you think can draw better you know find out what art it is that what ways and and I think in our Creating Me features in the Moravian, we've really looked to talk to people who are creative in ways, you know, cooking and gardening and furnishings and just, you know, uh, we, we, we still want to talk to people who are on uh, banner committees, who sew, you know, people who uh, have ever done woodwork and made a piece of furniture for worship for the sanctuary. Uh, so many different kinds of creative arts. Um, the only other thing I would add to that that I think I've learned is just imagination, like really understanding how important imagination is. And I think the longer I've been doing all of this, increasingly um, am I convinced that imagination is the beginning of of so much. You know, the church has to have a sense of imagination, of hope, of wonder, of curiosity uh, for in order for anything to happen, you know. I think uh, justice uh, is rooted in imagination of imagining a better way of imagining a setting right of things. Um, so yeah, imagination, just it's something I'm finding myself thinking more and more about uh, the deeper into this that, that we move.
3: Hmm. Yeah. And that being kind of a core value of what we do as a church body in in holding each other, uh, or in, in recognizing that each of our imaginations is a holy gift from God. Um, and I, I think, and, and a lot of what you were both saying, uh, also, I, I think in that, in kind of recognizing that our, our gifts are, are, are unique in and of themselves and we don't have to compare them to others, even though that that's something that we do all the time, um. I think there's there's a certain point where we have to be vulnerable with what we're creating, and it, you know it might not be polished right away, but at, at some point in time you kind of have to cut it loose and give it to the world to see and um, I know and we'll transition to the the last uh, episode that you guys just put out with uh, David Melby Gibbons. There was one line in there, even though it wasn't flushed out, that I really love. He said that songwriting for him was kind of like uh, playing catch with a Frisbee with God, right? Like he got the Frisbee. There was only one part and God was inviting him to, okay, let it go and then see what comes back to you later. You know, a lot of what we've done with the church without wall stuff that Justin and I have done, it hasn't been polished. We don't know if it's going to work, but at a certain point we say, well, we're going to try it because it it's going to happen now with us and we'll see what happens as it comes back to us. So I really took a liking to, yeah, uh, David's line of of, of of frisbee catching, and I'm going to kind of take that with me. But Justin, I know you also had a, a, a w- while listening to that interview, you had uh, or you picked out an insight that he had into the background behind some of the resources that we use in worship. And maybe to flush that out, I can kind of let you yeah. take it from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't want to spoil that whole episode (laughs) that you guys did. And I I would encourage everyone to go and listen to that episode and that interview with David Melby Gibbons. Because, right, you take this, I mean, Moravian artist and kind of you see the way in which like a specific moment in his faith becomes this thing that becomes a moment for everyone. I mean, yeah, like that tossing back the Frisbee idea or just kind of sharing with the world. And for me, when I'm going to sing those songs that he's talking about, again, like knowing that background definitely will have an impact on me. And so I'm just kind of wondering, for you guys doing those interviews, like, what do you think having that type of knowledge or background about, you know, the, the formation of a song or formation of the worship service, or even just on a regular, and I put regular just kind of in quotes, Sunday in church where there was an intentionality to putting the worship together. Like, how do you think that people would interact or use worship services or worship resources differently, like knowing a little bit more about that, about that intentionality, about the experiences that help shape and put those things together.
1: I think it's, it's mildly analogous to the whole, like farm to table movement or just people wanting to be more informed about their produce, being more informed about the food that they're eating. Who grew this? Where did it come from? Um, I don't know, Rebecca, what you think, but in some ways we're trying to to kind of eliminate the gap between the between worship and the people the worship is for, and not only that who the worship is for, but who you know it is the work of the people, and and so part of the problem had been that there was this kind of you know oh I I don't know if this is a silly analogy, but like yeah I don't know where eggs come from, I don't know where liturgies come from, <laughs> you know I don't know, and so by I mean maybe bringing that closer. I think it goes to something Rebecca and I heard from uh, uh, Pastor Amy Godis Lumen. Um, no, 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 no. It was when you and I were talking, Rebecca, about just the benefits of worship, and and kind of this realization that worship is a is a it's a deeply relational thing. And so my hope is that as people see the relatedness more clearly between the people we're worshiping with, alongside the people that we're showing showing up to worship. For by way of encouragement and support. Um, and then the resources that we use, the songs, the liturgies, the prayers, that we know the people who have created. We are the people that have created this. So I, I'm hoping it, it just serves that that relational piece. It makes that more more real. Not like there's just some kind of liturgy machine that you push a button and it spits something out, but somebody sat with that, with that scripture, with that with that sentiment and really tried to bring forth something beautiful in service to, to others. So yeah, kind of a farm to table kind of movement, uh, bringing people, letting people know where their worship comes from. I, I don't know. That's one thought.
2: I think I want to echo that kind of the demystification of worship. I know I, um, when I worked in Indiana, uh, one of the young women in the church lived with me for a while. Um, kind of in-between situations. And she was going to work one day and she goes, have a great day doing whatever it is that you do. Um, you know, and so she's been part of the church and she, I mean, assume, we assume that she knows what a pastor does. Uh, but I think that sometimes our work is sort of kind of mystified. Like people don't necessarily think about the practical and t- intentional ways that we go about um, selecting hymns or creating worship um, experiences for the congregations we serve. And I think, I think it's helpful for both pastors and, and congregations to sort of be in conversation about that um, and to recognize how, how much of an impact each of us has on, on, on those worship moments. And that's one of the reasons why the articles that we've produced in the Moravian magazine have included almost every time a new hymn with its backstory, because that was something that people were really kind of hungry for, because it does make a difference when you know where a hymn has come from. You know, who wrote this hymn? Why did they write it? Um, how did it come about? You know, because it's, everything is in context. And, and I think, you know, we strive to talk about the context of the biblical narrative. We talk about the context of, um, you know, August 13th for Moravians or different high holy days in our tradition. And I think it's important that we also talk about the context where songs were written and why were they written that way. Um, and so we, have an, we had an interview coming up with Nola Reed Canals from the Moravian Music Foundation who gives us a, a really good historical perspective on some of that music. And I think that that's, that's what makes it interesting because it just brings us into a greater depth of understanding about what, what words we're saying and singing. Um, and sometimes it's easy to sing a song and not really think about what words you're saying. Um, and so, you know, just slowing down to sort of read the words and then sing it can have an amazing impact. And that's such a simple thing to do is to just read the words and then sing them together. So I think that there's just a lot that people would love to know about. Um, and a lot that I would love to be able to, to share in terms of my worship planning, but also in terms of like, how can you help me? Like, tell me what songs speak to you and why um, I have a lot to learn too, in terms of that kind of stuff. So I think that that's, people are hungry for more meaning. I find I mean, I certainly am. So, I think that that's part of it.
0: Yeah. No. I and I especially love. Yeah. I mean, that farm to table analogy and that okay. idea of like knowing a little bit more uh, about those things. And I guess so. You know, in some of your other, you talked about um, in some of the other podcasts about yeah, worship as relationship and going through some of the styles and and things. But um, even as we talk about new ways or new different ways you can worship, right? I mean, maybe visual arts things or different types of music. The reality is that across the Moravian Church in North America, worship services by and large look pretty similar. I mean, you might have like, okay, three hymns, probably a liturgy, a sermon of, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, like, and maybe some variations on that in a few places, but pretty much you'd recognize it. So I guess like what, what do you think it would take to, to adapt it to be more like context specific or to, to break out and try a little bit more, you know, the imagination piece that Brian had mentioned or, or is it like, Hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of situation or, or what, what, what would it take to, to give people that permission to, yeah, let's try it in different ways and not to say, okay, if we change it this week, it needs to be something new that was powerful exactly that way forever and all time.
2: I think I think one of the things I mean you said it is to give permission and I think that's one of the hopes that we have with some of these conversations is that people will kind of hear things that maybe they didn't know before um, like that you do have permission to talk to your pastor about a sermon that speaks to you or a sermon that doesn't um, or a thought that you had whenever they were preaching that that seemed to be meaningful to you um, that they're that I think that there has been in the last 50 years, sort of a, a boundary between pastors and worshipers, you know, and sort of that pastors are the experts on worship. And so, and this is not everywhere. It's not every pastor, but I think in general, I think people kind of feel like they don't get to have an opinion unless it's a good one. Like, Oh, that was a great sermon pastor. Um, And I think that, I mean, I look around at my colleagues and I think most of us are really kind of like would love for people to be more interested in helping to create those worship moments together. Um, And so I think that that's one of the ways that you can just enter into a more creative space is to say, how would this speak to me differently? What would I try? Um, And just to sort of have somebody model that and say like, I'm going to try this. It may work, it may not, um, but this is why. I think it would be great to, you know, diverge from praying a liturgy today and let's practice Lectio Divina, which is a a way to read scripture prayerfully, you know, and that kind of atmosphere can sometimes be that can be like the most crazy thing somebody's ever done in worship. And that is a centuries old practice of prayer. Um, It's not it's not even new but it is different from what we experience. And I think people um, can learn so much from just having, having somebody try something out in their space. Um, and I think the other thing too, is that to be sort of encouraged to, to, try, to try something different. And sometimes it may, may mean taking it out of that space, out of the worship hour on Sunday morning and doing some different kind of worship at a different time because then people don't have the same kind of expectations around what it's going to be like. Um, And they can be a little more open to it and comfortable with trying something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think two, two words that kind of
1: come to mind is, is um, like vulnerability. I I think, I don't know if Dan, you had said that earlier, just the idea of um, being open, opening yourself to the, it, it may be not working, you know, I mean, risking being vulnerable and trying something that you're not sure, you know, how it's going to work. And you're like, wow, this could really be terrible. And people could be upset with me for planning something so terrible or, you know, I might just risking disappointment, risking failure, uh, vulnerability. Uh, uh Brene Brown is somebody who comes to mind who I feel like I've read, uh, a lot from her on that topic on, on being vulnerable, but what vulnerable creates the possibility for, you know, for real uh, and for, for real growth, real development, real, real experience. And then I think the other one would be just generosity Um, being willing to, to give, you know, being generous with your time, with your creativity, with your attention for the benefit of, of people other than yourself. I think if, if we come together in worship, risking vulnerability and with a, a spirit of generosity, I think those two things create space for a, a lot of beautiful, beautiful things to happen.
2: Brian and I have talked about in the future, uh, the worship arts retreat or just a gathering of people who are interested in talking more about kind of creative worship. And I think that those kinds of things, too, can help. To get people together who already have an interest in, in developing something like that, and to see just what what a group of people can try together um, and to let sort of the momentum of the spirit working in those people and in those moments sort of take us someplace even if we've not we're not sure exactly where it'll go so there there are other options too um, that Brian and I talk about that you know it's exciting to us to think about, and so that's part of You know, what we hope is that this is only the beginning of a conversation about worship and that it doesn't center only around Brian and I, um, but that it centers around what the Spirit is doing creatively in the midst of the North American Moravian Church, for sure. Um, But, you know, like, we don't certainly don't believe that the Spirit is only working here. Um, And so kind of seeing where the Spirit is, is guiding the church in worship throughout the world. Um, and kind of tapping into those resources too and talking to people who can share experiences of of worship kind of in the worldwide Moravian church and even beyond that in the larger christian church throughout the world
3: well i think that all sounds great you know i i love rebecca what you said about giving permission to people during worship you know as a worship leader myself i've I've given people permission to let their mind wander. If I said something and, you know, and and the spirit takes them to another place where they need to reflect go for it. Even if you don't listen to the rest of my sermon, Uh, you know, I've given people permission to let their kids be kids, you know, Uh, given people permission to stop singing if they need to stop singing and just listen to the words. And I, I think you had mentioned about really being mindful of the words that we're singing in worship. And Brian, I think vulnerability is a great word, for us all to use, especially as we venture into new ways of figuring out what what the Spirit is doing and bringing in uh, new things into our lives and into our worship spaces. So speaking of new things, to kind of close us out here, sort of a two-part question. Uh, Is is there anything that you, as as the Create Me entity— now, uh, is there anything that you two are looking ahead to that you might want to give uh, listeners a sneak peek into? I know you'd already mentioned maybe a retreat might be there. Not that we're not putting you on the hook for anything. Okay. But, you know, other ideas that have kind of come up. Is there anything new that you're looking forward to? And also then how can people find more Create In Me content right now?
2: Um, yeah. I think we are working. Good question, on, huh? Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> uh, we are we are working on developing kind of a simple a simple website just so people can kind of go and at the very least get sort of show notes um, from the interviews and a little background. Um, we've noticed that you know sometimes even though we try really hard not to be kind of speaking Christian ease, uh, we sometimes use words and talk about things that maybe people don't know about, um, you know, like the lectionary, for example, is a cycle of biblical readings that lots of pastors use in terms of developing their sermons. And so just kind of trying to think about the ways that our conversations um, can be opened up in that way. So we're hoping to have a website up in the new year uh, that people can go to. We have an Instagram. Um, and so you can always hashtag create and me with questions or thoughts about what you hear on our podcast. And we have an email at moraviancreateandme at com, And we'd love for people to submit new things that you've created, questions for the podcast, ideas for what you'd like to hear or people you'd like to hear from, or if you'd like to be interviewed for something that you're doing. Uh, you know, we really, we really see a breadth of, um, experience and a depth of knowledge in lots of different ways um, that people contribute to worship and we want to highlight those as much as possible and so I think that 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 maybe answers part two of the question is where you can find us now and get in touch with us and we'll still be producing articles in the Moravian um, so you know there'll be that aspect of create me that continues on as well so we'll hopefully have some more hymns to bring you up to speed on in the background and to be able to share.
1: And one thing I would add to that uh, apart from there one day being like a, a created me Coachella type South by Southwest kind of event, which I think that would just be an amazingly fun, you know, worship innovation forum kind of thing. That that's a big dream. Um, but I think kind of on a more practical level um, you know, we heard from, Nola Kanaus, that there there are, she just says there's tons of stuff being written, that people are writing hymns, people are developing liturgies, but people haven't always known what to do with it. Or people will have a musical idea who themselves don't read or write music. And my hope for what we're doing is that it also helps provide um, a little bit of a, a path for that, you know, just to be identified as a, um, a connector, you know? So, I mean, if maybe people don't think to reach out to the music foundation, which, which they should, if you've got a musical idea and you want some help with it, you want to know how to get that into the stream. Um, I'm hoping on one level that that's what Rebecca and I are doing too, is we're, we're, we've created another portal, another doorway, um, where people who are having all of this creativity and, and these ideas can share it and that we can kind of help, you know, give, give space to those voices and and to that stuff too. So I think the more of that kind of stuff, the better. So it isn't just that there's some creative little thing that somebody did in in some little church off somewhere else. And none of the rest of us get to ever know about it or be blessed by it or be able to utilize it for our worship. Um, I I hope that create me is, is again, another connector to put all of these wonderful things that are being developed into the hands of, you know, the people who, can use them and and I for the most part everybody that I've talked to who has created stuff like this they want it they want it to kind to of be out there it, it isn't just okay we we sung that we put it in a folder and the director of music filed it away never to be seen a, again it's like I don't know we, we'd like there to be more of that being able to be shared we think it would be for the good of all to, to do that so
2: we are really excited about um, the Hollywood awards season coming up uh, we're hoping to do <laughs> a kind of play-by-play conversation about the ritual and the aspects of, of how those um, events go. Um, and so that's sort of just like a place to worship nerd out, if you want, um, kind of with us to, you know, just what, what would it be like to watch the Grammys and to sort of talk about what happens in, in the Grammys that is, is part of the ritual um, to sort of take the conversation about worship sort of out of the realm of what we think of as worship and just to talk about the power of ritual by itself mm-hmm. um, and how, and how, you know, it, you know, the Grammys is in itself sort of a service that is put together very intentionally in a specific way to help people experience it in the way that the the planners want them to. And so um, Brian and I've talked about that. So that'll be a much longer episode. Um, but we hope that people would kind of enjoy sort of a, a riff on what's what's happening in there and um, the thoughts that sort of come to us so we're hoping to gather maybe a few more people than just us to have that conversation and sort of see see what that comes comes out of that so
0: awesome that's great And I mean I look forward to the day when Create and me is nominated at the podcast choice awards and then Dan and I can you know live <laughs> live podcast from that Ceremony as well uh, i mean brian on the podcast you're saying you didn't know if you're cutting edge but i think you are both sharp people uh i don't know cut ups too maybe if not cutting edge but thank you excited to have you here excited for kind of this new look at at moravian worship i mean something that's been going on for centuries and i think it helps mm-hmm. to always just put it under a microscope maybe just take it out of the box and, and play with it a little bit and see what comes comes from it so thank you both for this and we look forward to it um i know that you have a website that's in development in the meantime people can go to moravian cww and we'll embed a link to the most recent episodes of creating me podcast you can go on there take a look take a listen uh subscribe rate it any kind of those things just help share the word about what these guys are doing so thank you rebecca thank you brian thank you thank you thank you If you want to sign up to be on the Moravian Church Without Walls Daily Text Podcast series, go to dailytextpodcast.org. To learn more about the things that the Moravian Church Without Walls is doing, or to get linked to the Create Me podcast that you learned about today on this episode, go to moraviancww.org. You're listening to MC 1457, The Lamb.